What's up, guys? I'm very excited for this podcast today, and I'll say it now. I'm very interested in your feedback because we are trying something new, so I hope you like it. This podcast started with the idea from one of our best Mastermind members, Mike Guardino from North Carolina. And he asked a very simple question about what does a meeting look like? Like, how do I coach my team? How do I do marketing? Like, if we're talking about marketing exercises or sales meetings, what does that look like? So, Mike, this episode is for you. And I think everyone else will very much enjoy it. So this episode, uh, let me give some background. People say that in business, The way you know if you have a real business is if the owner, the CEO, can take a four-week vacation and the business can run on its own. And so as you guys know, I don't treat patients anymore, but I still am involved in the day-to-day at Strive to Move. I still am in our sales meeting. I do one-to-ones with the team. I'm in our marketing meeting, and I'm involved every single day. The month of September, because of the live event, because of travel schedules, and because I want to see where our business is, and I think our team is ready to handle it, I am going to take a four-week vacation from Strive. And so, of course, as always, I want to share the lessons and the insights that I'm learning along the way. Obviously, at the end of September and October, I'm sure there'll be tons of lessons that I can pass along to you. But but before that, today's episode is with Kaylee. Kaylee is a chiropractor at Strive to Move. And during the month of September, Kaylee is going to be accountable for the marketing department. And so what does that mean? So Kaylee was in charge of putting together the marketing plan that we are going to go and execute at Strive to Move for the whole month. And before I forget, the actual plan that we're working off of, it's going to be downloadable in the show notes. So all you have to do is go to the show notes here and you'll be able to see and get a copy of the exact marketing plan that we are using at Strive. Literally, we're taking the marketing plan, making a PDF, just got to opt in. You can follow along with us and use it as a template for your own marketing. So we have that in the show notes. Now, this is going to be a longer podcast. So I'm interested to see if you guys think it's really boring or maybe the best and most insightful episode you've seen because this was not like a planned podcast where there's going to be edits and all that. We literally started recording and it was a meeting, the actual meeting that Kaylee and I had about the marketing for the month. And so you can see what her plans were, where I thought it could go right, where I thought it could go wrong, what I thought needed to change. I think you guys are going to get tons of value from this because it would literally be like you sitting in on a meeting with our marketing department. So you can be a fly on the wall and be at the table with us. One of the things that I wanted to point out here, we get into a discussion about our team deciding to accommodate patients in front of them versus building a wait list. And I wanted to point out to you, the reason why I believe our company, our coaching company has been so successful in this podcast is because we're doing it every single day. The problems that we face that we are trying to solve, whether it's a, a price problem or a scheduling problem or a wait list problem or a how many marketing units we're doing problem, we are doing that. And so when I come on here and speak to you guys about sharing experiences and what we're doing, it literally is what's happening every single day. I don't make any of it up. And so I hope you understand that the content that I bring to you is not theory. It is very practical and stuff that we go through each and every day. And so, like I said, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. It's a longer episode because this is literally just the meeting that we had. We started and pressed record, and then we just kept going. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. I would love to hear your feedback. If you want to leave me feedback, if you just send me a DM at my Instagram, at Justin Rabinowitz, if you want to drop me an email, coaching at strive to move.com. 
You can absolutely do that. So there are many ways you can give me feedback for this episode, which I would greatly, greatly appreciate because this is a different style of episode. And if you really like this and want to get more insights and learning into how we run our marketing department, please let me know because I'm happy to have more episodes on this. As always, if you could write me a review, subscribe to the podcast. It just helps us get it in front of more people. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. Based on the marketing plan for September, the main thing that I want to start with, it's twofold is with our outreach and events. Specifically, let's talk about that's the middle of September. And where are we with that? Because we have, so the date is set. Where are we beyond just having a date on the calendar? Yeah, so the date is set and it'll be after the last class on Saturday. Okay. I do have to finalize what that time would be, but just based on what I know, it's going to be around 11. Have we done a seminar there before? No, this is the first one. It's the first one we've done. So that's happening. It's going to be our first seminar and have it's on 916. So that's two and a half weeks away, whatever, three weeks away. Have we started marketing it yet? Yes. Okay. And what's the progress with that? I've been putting it in the newsletter. It went out in the August newsletter and it'll yep. also be going out in the September newsletter. So we do already have an opt-in. One opt-in? Mm-hmm. So what's our goal with getting butts in seats? Our goal is six. We want to get six to show up. What's the topic? Low back pain. Six for low back pain. We have one person who opted in. So obviously our gap is five. What is the plan to make sure that there are six people that show up? We're going to do another email that has worked, especially using the CRM system. Because people, by the end, they can just click the link and opt in. I haven't been able to track like how many people are clicking on it yet. Just sorry. Tell me when you say CRM system, because you're putting an email in this CrossFit Gym's newsletter, there's a link to our CRM and yep. then they're clicking to that. Yep. And how often is that going out? Once a month. So realistically, we only have one more chance of that to happen and we've gotten one so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to do that. That's one thing. What else? Then the rest of our plan, Ashton plan, is to show up to the gym and talk with people, invite them to come. I plan on doing two collaboration posts with so one of them I would like to speak with the owner in a real format on Instagram and then invite them to collaborate on it on Instagram and then I also plan on doing like a swipe post as well on their feed mm-hmm. and then as far as our feed goes which I think is a little bit more casual we tend to have success with it is posting as stories and then adding a link for them to sign up okay so you're going to do two posts with them once per week? hmm Okay. And so we have two posts and then you talked about showing up. What does that look like? As far as like a frequency or... Yeah. I mean, again, we've got to get six. We have one. Let's just assume that worst case scenario, we don't have what we need. What does the show up look like? How do you think this is going to go? Typically, when we can reasonably get to... Is on the weekends. So that gives between Ash and I four opportunities to get there between now and then. And you think... Gun to your head, four opportunities will be enough to get five people. I don't know. 
okay, so now let's play this out, right? So we have a plan. Again, six is the goal. At what point will you say we need to do something else because six is the goal? Like rather than getting to the 16th and saying we only have one or two. So what is that going to be for you? And I think this just goes into that higher level concept of it's kind of like our car crash game. It's like, how is this going to go wrong? And then what's going to be the plan rather than being surprised on September 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, when we have one or two signups, it's just, let's have a plan on if this happens, then we're going to do this. I mean, what we did with, I can't remember. I think it was in April. It was our first seminar at and we weren't sure how they were going to market it. So they were mentioning it after class, but not necessarily in the message that we wanted. So what we did was we came up with a plan to talk at each class and advertise it after class. We just did like a two minute, hey, this low back seminar is for you if blah, blah, blah. And then told them how to sign up for it. Yep. One of the challenges with is just the fact that it's not like five minutes down the road where it was yeah. very easy to do that for I could just wake up like a half an hour earlier and swing by the gym before my patients. Yeah. So in a perfect world, definitely we could do that. But things that we can control though, like things that are more realistic would be just asking the coaches to say it after class and just giving them like one or two lines to say and asking if that's something they'd be open to. So good. Who's going to do that? How are we going to do that? Who's going to tell them what to say? How are we going to have accountability to know that it's actually happening if we're going to be absent from there? Yeah, I hear you. Like I can definitely talk to the owner, Lucas. First, ask him like, what have they done in the past? Because he's told me in the past that nobody shows up for these events. And I told him in the beginning that I would help with the marketing yeah. so long as he would let me. So asking if he'd be okay to say it and then checking in and just being like, hey, what's the interest? Have you guys been talking about it? But as far as an accountability and knowing that it's actually happening, I guess I'm not really sure what to do beyond that. The bottom line is we're recording this on the 26th. So the next weekend is going to be Labor Day. And then you really have one weekend after that to get people. And so if the gap is five, I want to make sure that we have a plan in place to fill it. Because if we're going to do this and we have a plan to do quite a few, and now we're saying they typically haven't had people show up in the past, we aren't close. We're not going to have a lot of opportunities to get in front of them. We're only getting one more thing in email. So there's a lot of things working against us. And if we get two people to show up, the likelihood that we get anything from it is zero. If we get six, the likelihood is that we get a pretty good return on our investment as long as we deliver the talk. And so I think we've just got to start looking at... Now, again, we're talking worst case scenarios here. If everything you told me, we do two swipe posts, we put a link in our bio, we go in our feed the newsletter thing works, then great. Then like, fine. That's a good problem to have. My mm -hmm. thing is, what are we going to do? And this is where in practicality, I'm not going to say, guys, let's figure this out and do this. And that's the difference in like what I'm trying to get to. I'm not going to ask you on the 6th or even the 13th, all right, we're at two. What are we going to do? We got to figure it out. We got to do this. You guys have to be able to have those conversations. And so I'm doing that with you now expecting it to happen. And then if it doesn't, then fine. But if we look at it, I think that's the point of where I want to get you to start thinking about like, what are the next few boxes that we're going to check? The plan here, I'm not mad at this. This is fine. But I think we've got to have some audibles in case. Put yourself on September 6th. It's a weekend after Labor Day. We still have one sign up. What happens now? Put yourself on September 13th. We have two signups. What happens now? 
remember, the goal, it's not a suggestion. If it's going to be six, it's got to be six. It has to happen. How are we going to get six to show up? Do we have to go there early? Again, you start thinking about it, cancel patients, like whatever. I want you to start thinking in terms of that because it's not acceptable to just say, we're going to do two and we have a plan and it didn't work. It's like, we have a plan. That's where we start. We have to be willing and able to sort of update and call an audible on it if it isn't going to do it, even what we expected. I'd rather you change the goal from six than keep the goal at six and not get it. And so we have to make sure. And I don't have the answer just like you don't. I think, again, the mindset shift that I want you guys to have is if we're going to say six, it's whatever it takes to get six, not like this is our plan and I hope it works. And if it doesn't, like we got two, okay, it was pretty good. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So that's where I want to start thinking. And again, I don't think we're going to come up with it now, but I want you to start putting yourself It's September 6th, September 13th. What do I have to do? What has to move around? What has to change? Do I have to move other plans around? Do we have to cancel another event? Do we have to have someone leave the office and go out? Do we have to take our lunch to go? Like, I don't know, but I think that's the sort of thought process I want to start getting us into. Again, it's the whatever it takes. And if I'm you and I'm going into the team meeting on the 6th or the 13th, how does that look? It's like, guys, we have two signups. What are we doing? What other things can we do? Two is not acceptable. Do I post more on social? Do I ask the owner if I can show up during the day? Do I ask him to be able to do more social media? Can I get the list and send it out? A weekly email, a daily email, a reminder. Do I have to FaceTime myself in? Like Again, I don't know. But if six is the goal, six is the goal. And so that's how you've got to show up as the marketing director, as the accountable market. Like I'm coming to you. What happened? What was that conversation like? I don't know. This was our plan. It didn't work. Not acceptable. Right? I had a couple of ideas. Another thing that we've done in the past too is actually reach out to members individually. Perfect. And just like on Instagram, just mean like, hey, you go to we have this event coming up. Definitely come give it a shot. That's the thing. You have more ideas than I do. The difference right now is that I'm not willing to accept that we're not going to get that number. And Mm -hmm. just opening up that mindset that you now have to bring to everybody else of like, this is not okay. We're at three and we have the seminar in three days. You have all the ideas. I'm not that smart. Like, you know, we reach out to them. We'll do this. We'll do that. Like, it's whatever it takes. However, you're going to have to get it done. Go back, right? You have this in you. Go back to when you came here. Where am I going to live? How am I going to find a place? I'm looking at nurse places and this and college. and all. You just figured out a way. I have to find a place to live. I just have to do it. Like, I'm not going to live on the street, so I better find a place to live. And you did. It's that same mindset. Like, I want you to be there. And I think that That's that next step that I want you to start to think about. So I think for you, your homework is all those things you are thinking about, just a list of them. And like I said, it could be what you're doing today is fine. I'm good with it. My intuition tells me that alone is not going to get us the six. So potentially you want to update the plan now, or if you want to wait until you see if I'm right or wrong, and then you're just going to have to start implementing these other things, double, triple down on it as you get closer to the event, either one. But I think there's something there for sure. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Like at what point is it kosher to like lower the goal? After you explore every single thing you said we could think about to do. Okay. And right now, my thing is this is 25%, in my opinion of it. Two posts, right? Right now you're in the I'm doing something phase. We haven't even approached the do more of it phase. I mean, if you tried all those things, we reached out to members, we went to the gym, we called the coaches, we FaceTimed ourselves into the gym, we asked for the email list, and it was just like, no, 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 no. We took all this action. Like everything that you're doing today, if you tripled it and we're getting close, we have to lower the goal. Okay, now, but 
look at our units, right? Why don't you put a stamp on that? And how do we actually, it's a good question. So I'll talk through it, but make it objective because I just talked around it. But what would we do? So right now, using our system of looking at units, let's say you're going to have two newsletter opportunities. You're going to have two posts. You're going to show up, let's just call it two units, and you're going to talk to the coach. Let's just say you talk to two of the coaches. Again, just making it two, four, six, eight. That's eight units of things. What if we just said, before you change the goal, we have to triple that? If I'm doing eight things, if I just did 24 things of stuff, at that point, if we execute that as is and we do not get close to our goal, then we can have that conversation. And then most likely what it becomes is the post-event wrap-up of, okay, we need a new strategy because we can't continue to go into a seminar with two people attending. As we go in and we know that if we typically can get every five or six people that show up, we can get one or two plans of care. If we get two people to show up, we're going to get zero plans of care. And now it becomes a waste of our time. I think for me, that's how we make it objective. I really like that. There's 24 units of stuff. We're not allowed to even consider lowering the goal until we do that. Yeah, that's a good framework. It always goes back to the same thing, right? It's like we're doing something, then step two. How can I just do more of it? What else can we do before we go in the third step of change something or modify or whatever? So you're in the phase two. And I think that the answer to your question, if we can just think in terms of our frameworks, it's that's what it is. That's what I just went through. It's like, we're doing something. How do we just do more of it before we decide on changing the goal or changing the strategy or anything like that? That would be that phase three thing. Good with that? Yeah. So then the next thing, I think it's on the same wavelength is obviously we do a lot with the gyms and the trainers and there's a lot of various opportunities there. And this starts with a marketing conversation, but the thing that stood out to me in the prep doc was that the conversion from lead to plan of care with a referral from a trainer is low. And I guess the real problem for me, which you have the most insight in, it just doesn't make sense to me that social media and Instagram, which is a non-referral based thing, one-to-one is converting at a higher rate than a referral from someone that this person trusts. I have some theories as to why it's happening, but It might be a sales conversation, but I guess going back into the marketing one step before that, what do you think about that? Or what are your thoughts on why that's happening or what objections? Talk me through that. I think what I'm observing, what Ash and I are seeing is people who we bring in and we're treating them with the expectation that they're going to refer us people, they're doing their job and they're telling everyone about us, which is Mm -hmm. great. But with that, I think the marketing is doing its job and it's reaching so many people in the gym. To the point where it's almost like if they're not necessarily our perfect patient, and by no means do we expect them to refer us like they're our perfect patient, Mm -hmm. but it'll be like, Susie has tight calves and they'll be like, go see Strive to Move. So let me ask you, is it a situation where it's doing its job and it's kind of like almost what we speak about with Google, where it's like a volume thing where we almost have to accept that because we're getting so much volume, there's going to be a little bit more tire kickers and the conversion is going to be lower or... Is there something on our end proactively we can do either in the messaging or in our nurture system leading up to them becoming a DV? Or is there something that proactively we can do? Or is it something where let's just keep going and accept that that's the game that we're playing with them? I think it's something that we could be a little bit more proactive with. I think what has worked well, what I've observed is sometimes it's not always consistent with the trainers, how they connect us 
we ask them to do it a certain way. They don't always do that. Fine. But just what comes to mind is if they were to tell someone to like, hey, you should at least just go follow them on Instagram. And then I have the opportunity to reach out and then they can be nurtured. I think that would be a good idea because actually that has happened a couple of times where the trainers do tell the members about us. They don't necessarily take action other than following us on Instagram. And then by the time I reach out, things start moving along. You can craft the message. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you think that it's almost happening too fast and we need to slow them down a bit in their process. They don't know enough about us. And then by the time they get on the phone, it's just like, I think it's too quick, like you're saying. Do you think in general, the person that you're talking about that has tight caps and does call, are they even making it to a discovery visit? And then you guys are like, they're not ready or they're getting on the call, they're hearing about us. And then it's kind of, yeah, no. The first. It's like they're not even getting to a discovery visit. Let me ask you this. Do you think if our process was easier, whether it was cheaper or insurance, all that, that it would change that? Or you still just think they're doing what their coach said? Like, is that part of the barrier? It's like the pain isn't bad enough yet, or they're just kind of doing what their coach said as a favor to call us? I don't know. I don't completely understand what you're asking, but I think, yeah, they're just doing like what their coach said. My question basically is, you know, it's desire, I guess. Is it bad enough yet in relation to what it's going to cost them with time and money? And if it was free or if it was insurance, that if the cost would be low enough where they would just come on in and do that, but because their pain isn't bad enough yet, they're like here with desire. And because cost is high, the barrier of entry is high. And that is where we're getting lost. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I definitely think it's like a desire thing for some people because there was someone specifically that I know started following us from I was going back and forth with her and she's like interested in coming in. It was a relatively new injury. So I already had a little flag up in my head of like, what is this really costing her? This conversation we've been having. And I've been following up with her, been following up probably like eight times at this point, And I haven't yeah. heard anything from her. I didn't even get her to the phone yet. I mean, I guess just to play devil's advocate, even with the scenario that you're talking about is I don't see any downside to the phone unless we just piss them off. Because if we get on a phone call and it's like, yeah, they're very nice, but I don't need this today. We say, hey, like we appreciate you calling and I'm so glad. It doesn't sound like you need us today, but we do have some really valuable information on Instagram, something like that. Unless we're screwing up the phone call or they're coming in with false expectations or there's something weird happening, I don't see a touch point of an intro to what we do in our world and just saying like, hey, we appreciate you calling. I don't know if you need us today, to be honest, but we have a lot of really great information. Let's just make it up and say, imagine a world where they're calling us with back pain. It's like, hey, it doesn't sound like this is that bad today. And quite frankly, I'm not even sure if you need like what we do, but I have something for you. We have a series on three or four low back pain stretches that we give to all of our CrossFit athletes. And this is exactly what we give to people in your situation. Again, I'm just sort of off the cuff here. Now we get valuable information in their hands. They get in our world. We nurture them. They're on Instagram. They're in our email list. To me, I don't see a downside of that unless they're getting in the call and like, oh, this is BS. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I think what you said are all really good ideas. I have just like a thought with one gym in particular. And maybe this is like a mindset issue on my part, but it seems like it's almost like word has gotten around that not a lot of people are coming in for a DV, don't want to use us and haven't even given us a chance. But because yeah. the community is pretty close knit, it seems like almost like people aren't even giving us a chance there, specifically at where it's just like we get a ton of leads and then we 
either can't get in touch with them or we can't get them to a DV. Right. Or like, I just had one in the last two weeks where I couldn't get them to eval. So it's, I just feel like I haven't had enough opportunities at this gym to actually show them how valuable we are. Yeah. Again, twofold. If we're getting the lead and they're in our world, that might be just a long follow-up system. There's only two options. Well, it's three options. One, number one, we stop doing it so we don't get those leads anymore. That's an option. It's like not worth our time. The second one would be that we just say, hey, this is the deal. This is what it is. They're going to get into our world. We're going to get them on our email list and the fortune will forever be in the follow-up and they might not be a patient today, but next year they might be. Or the third option is continually trying to reshape and craft the messaging, the marketing, the sales to the coaches and the list and all of that and showing up until we get something that resonates with people that want to work with us. I mean, I think those would be the only three. It's stop, it's keep going and accept it with an idea that we're going to follow up and they're going to be in our world. Might not be today, or we just keep changing the messaging to do something until it sort of hits. It's very simple. That's really it. You stop focusing on it. You just let it happen, have a follow-up system, or you change the thing that is happening. Two and three, you can do together. Change the messaging and also collect the leads and all of that. As we always say, like as a marketer, generating more leads is never a problem, even if they're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. So long as you have the nurture and follow-up system to do that. The exercise that I would start to consider though, if I was breaking down the marketing, would be we obviously have a lot of relationships with many gyms and a lot of them are amazing and go really well. And so then I start to think, what do these people believe that the others don't? Like, what are they saying? Where are they coming from? What are the words that are being used? How are we showing up? What has happened? What is happening that hasn't? Looking at something like, if you look at what's one of the main differences, we've built the equity in that relationship. I mean, I've been in that world for a decade in different capacities. And then there when that opened, and so that whole system has been a decade-long relationship where in the beginning when it started, it's very different. And then over years, people change. And someone like Lewis, who's a coach, like he was a patient years and years ago when he was a kid. And so like there's equity built up over the long period of time. And so that's why I'm always hesitant to do step one, which write it off, which I don't think you would do either. But some of it is just that, are you willing to do it long enough where maybe these people today don't trust us in some capacity because it's too new. Someone didn't book a plan and they told their friends, like, you only need to kind of get one and the people turn over and then the coach changes and you get rude results and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, you know what I mean? And so if you look at the genesis of something like a, a, which legit, we're talking a decade of equity built in a relationship versus how long you've been here, six months a year. And so I would look at the two things of what's two and three. How do I continue to craft the message better? And how do I just make sure that we have a nurture and follow-up system in that world? Because you just need one, right? You just need one that would give us a chance that we really help. And now that can change the game. Yeah, I'm with you. And I totally agree with what you're saying with the messaging because I just fundamentally believe at my core that like Ash and I understand CrossFitters very well. And obviously we still can make improvements in our marketing messaging to them. But when we show up at a CrossFit gym, we know those people and what motivates them. But I will be honest, like with it's like, I just don't feel like we've scratched it yet. Is there a big difference between them and... Yeah, it seems like... It seems like their mindset is still similar to the CrossFit people where like 
they're just fundamentally like, I just want to be able to move. I want to be stronger. I want to do things with my grandkids. And like, people are saying that at CrossFit too. But at it's almost like, I hate to say this, but it almost seems like it's more of like aesthetically driven. Yeah. And it does not seem like the same things are motivating that group of people. But it's still something we just need to figure out. The more that we're there, we'll figure it out. Yeah, it's a case study. Every single place it has got a little bit of a nuance. And as we always say, words in the right order matter. Mm-hmm. I still think they're our perfect patient. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, 100%. All right. So anything we need to change like today with that on the marketing side? No. Okay. Next question that I have is we have one unit. Again, if I'm reading it wrong, just tell me one unit of hunting. We have two events, two new hunting partner events. And it's not only one unit of hunting. It's each week. It's in our evergreen. We do an hour of hunting. Okay. In the past few months with the hour of evergreen hunting, how is that going? So it's been on Instagram and it's just been reaching out to businesses in the DMs and starting to spark a conversation, trying to link up to connect. Overall, I would say it's been going okay. I'd say the most challenging thing is just finding time to connect or finding time to show up at that gym. Like with, for example, that's one that's on the list. We started that conversation a couple months ago. And then just like finding basically like a Saturday to show up at that yoga studio, start pursuing it. It's been this conversation of like, where do I spend my time best? What are the options? So it's just like, if I'm already going to, I'm going to go to CrossFit and I'm going to continue to nurture that relationship. And it's like, if I have a free Saturday where we're not doing a workshop, then like, I would rather go to and continue to nurture that. Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about my friend Kevin Vandy and his podcast, The Business of Biomechanics. To give you a quick background, Kevin is a dear friend of mine who I've met through my business journey. Even more importantly for you, he's a world-class healthcare entrepreneur and physical therapist. To give you some quick stats, Kevin is the CEO of Competitive Edge Physical Therapy, which is based in the Bay Area of California. His practice generates seven figures in revenue, while being 100% cash pay. Even more important, Kevin's practice is truly unique in that it is truly a biomechanics laboratory with force plate sensors and honestly, a whole lot of other stuff that I don't even understand. So here's what I'm going to do. In the show notes, I'm going to put a link to an episode I want you to check out from back in December of 2022. This episode is with Dr. Nick Studholm. I am linking this episode specifically because Nick is a rehab chiropractor who practices in Colorado and also runs a biomechanics lab. Even cooler than that, Nick is a member of a rehab chiro mastermind, and his business has really taken off since joining our program. It's a fantastic conversation and one I know you'll get a ton of value from. So after this episode is over, of course, I want you to go and check out the business of biomechanics with Kevin Vandy, and don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Now, back to the show. So basically, if I'm hearing you, it's you're saying the thought process is how do I know if I'm going to go and do marketing, how do I know what's the best use of my time? And just to give some context, like, should I work on the longest game, Bank of Tomorrow, the nurturing the relationship that isn't going to give us an ROI today? Definitely not, because I haven't started the relationship when I only have an hour. Or should I go to an established relationship with the idea that if I hit it right, meet the right person, do the right thing, that hour could get us money in the bank tomorrow. Yes. Okay. So let's have that conversation. How do we decide, first of all, because this problem, it's not going to go away. And so 
how do we think about that to decide like what becomes most important? Obviously, just human nature. We've talked about like when you wait on something, typically the fruits are great, but human nature is the thing that's going to pay us off tomorrow. We want to do more of. And basically for me, it's just questioning that and saying that, is that the right strategy? Because I think we'll always default to that if we aren't careful. And then as you know, then the problem becomes we're going to be in January and we have nothing on the books or the table because we haven't been able to spend that much time doing it. I hear what you're saying. Is it okay if I offer what I'm thinking? I'm curious on just how you would think about it and what your thoughts are in terms of, you know, you've been in it for now enough time to see the cadence of what has to happen. I think like just you said it a long time ago of do you show up to a gym 20 times or do you show up to 20 different gyms? That has just always stuck with me during this plan because it's kind of been nuts. And so I hear what you're saying where it's like in January, we need to be proactive and start thinking about those relationships. But also, I guess it's just in my gut where I'm like, I want to continue going to the same gyms and continuing to be a presence. How would you divide your time in a fictitious world where you were only in charge of marketing? What would that look like? Would it be like 50-50 building new versus nurturing? Would it be 80-20? Because what you just said is, I would rather do one gym 20 times so I'd nurture the relationships I already have. What I'm asking is, if in a world where that was your only job, how would you divide up your time? I think it would probably be more of like a 75-25. 75 of nurturing, 25 of finding new. Right. That's probably what I would do. Do you think that that's a relevant strategy right now? And are you sort of doing that with constraints applied? I would say that it's probably more of like 90-10 right now of nurturing versus finding new. Do you think that's appropriate because of the constraints? Or do you think you need to change that to the 75-25? I think it needs to change. Yes, is what I'm saying. Okay. So how do you want to change it? I'm not sure. Okay. So then the next question, is it something we want to change now or is it a quarter four Q1 2024 project? I think it's a quarter four 2024 project. 2023. So next quarter, October, November, December. Yeah. So not for the month of September, potentially in quarter four. Yeah. I think one of the issues is instead of having a wait list, Ash and I have just continued to make ourselves more available on the schedule. Yep. And with that, one of the consequences of just getting busy is now I feel like I don't have as much time to do these things. Do you think, in your opinion, if you were in charge, what would you do? Would you continue to open the schedule up? Would you be strict to potentially build the wait list? Yes. Okay, would, that's would, what you're saying you should do. Why aren't we doing it? Well, it was an observation that I made in the last two weeks that I was like, oh my gosh, it just happened. And it's been a decision that Ash and I like literally had this conversation yesterday of like, we made a mistake. Like we need to be more strict. Is the mistake you guys are just like exhausted or is it that you don't have time to do the things that you think need on the foundational level to build the business? Both. If it's okay, if I share, I mean like, the last like two weeks from Monday to Thursday, it's been eight to seven. And then when do I fit in my workouts at that point? I'm laughing because obviously this is going to be a podcast and I wanted it to be a, this is our marketing meeting, but I just, I'm laughing because as I always preach in our mastermind, which I think the people that are listening to this hopefully resonates with, and there has to be context, is that most people, they get a job, 
and they have a terrible boss and then they leave and inherit a worse boss. And the funniest part about this whole situation is as we have this conversation, I did not tell you guys to work eight to seven. You guys decided amongst yourselves that this was an idea that you wanted to pursue. And so I just want everyone to be aware. And again, I appreciate the work you're doing, but at the same time, it's like we are all our own worst enemies because this was not forced upon you. It was what you guys created on your own, which is interesting because 90% of work situations, I would be the jerk right now that forced you to do this. But you guys are the jerks that forced you to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the patients in front of you, you're closing them out and you're trying to get them on the schedule and you just become the yes man of like, yep, I'll accommodate. Yep, I'll accommodate. And now I'm like sitting down, like planning my workouts and I'm like, I'm going to have to start going at like 5 a.m. There's no other option. Yeah. Like you said, it happens quick and we see it all the time. So you guys are both going to be fine. I know that. Zooming out unemotionally, the concern I have is not that you guys have to work eight to seven because you guys are hard workers. And I mean that in a respectful way, truly. My concern is that as the business is concerned, we're going to stop doing the things that got us here. As an investor in the company, that's where the problem is. It's not that you guys are working because you guys work anyway. It's just what are we doing? What are we working on? I'm with you there. Also, one of my concerns. That is the concern. Yes. Because it's not like I know you at seven at night, you're still probably doing work stuff a lot of the time. It's just, what are you working on? That's always the question. So interesting. Okay. Again, you start with marketing, but I think it's a good conversation to have. Like I said, and this is the interesting part of the conversation is for me, what I want to protect the most is what got us here, which was this level of marketing. And so I'm good with, (laughs) I'm good with you being burnt out, Kaylee, but just don't screw up my marketing. We'll figure the rest out. But in all seriousness, as I've always said, we have to protect our energy because the thing that got us here was the fact that we had the energy and the excitement to do it. But if we get to December and you guys are just shot, the marketing will suffer because you guys are just shot. And so that is obviously a thing for sure. So, I mean, I think that's a really good point there. I mean, the last conversation that I want to have that I wrote down is about Instagram. And so you said, should we spend more? For me, as long as we're getting results, my answer is always yes. So tell me why I'm dumb. Why shouldn't we spend more? Yeah, I think we should. I think this comes back to a common theme in our discussions is that sometimes I think I just need the validation from you of like, yep, we should. I just want to know, always going into it, what is our rule? It's let's sort of be aggressive and just don't get to the side of being reckless. Let's just walk through what would define reckless. Spending more on marketing is not reckless because we have a history and a track record of results. In your world, how would I get pissed? You would get pissed if there was an ad that was not running, if I wasn't following up with people. I guess like basically the only way you're really going to get mad is if I set a goal and if I don't hit it. But specifically with like paid advertising, where would I get pissed at you? What would fall in the reckless category? What would be reckless would be like if we spent a ton of money and I wasn't following up with leads. If we increased the budget or had any budget for marketing and then you weren't checking the metrics, right? You just let the ad run, you press go, and then you didn't look at it in the way that we needed it to. And then a week or two later, you realize the budget was wrong. We overspent. Like there was a problem that does happen on media platforms. So reckless would be doing any sort of budget and not being on top of it, like not being diligent with the KPIs and metrics that you're tracking. Speaking Google language, but cost per lead, right? We know, let's call it, it's a dollar, making that number up. We can't go over that. And 
10 days later, you tripled the budget and the cost per lead was $4. That's reckless because you know that. And it's just the fact that we weren't looking. That would piss me off, Mm -hmm. right? Well, what else would piss me off? Yes, if you did all this work to put marketing together to generate leads. Actually, this is more realistic. Falling in the reckless category is we tripled the budget. We increased our following and our followers, but I'm working eight to seven, five nights a week, and I haven't been able to get to any of the leads. And so rather than just triple the budget and to not be able to do the thing we have to do to get the patients, there's no ROI there. That actually would fall in the reckless category. And that's where Justin would be pissed because this is exactly how this conversation would go. We would have a meeting next Wednesday or two Wednesdays from now. We'd say, I tripled the budget. What happened? Well, it was good. We got like so many foreign leads and followers. And said, well, what happened next? You said, we've just been so busy here. I haven't had a chance to get in touch with any of them. That would fall in the category of reckless. And that's when you would see Justin get pissed because that would be reckless, right? To just say yes to something without understanding. The marketing lesson, which I've talked to you guys about before, most people don't consider is what happens if it works? If this does what it's supposed to, and now you're telling me that you're already strapped for time and it works, well, that would be reckless. And so in that case, I would rather you keep the budget the same or probably decrease it. If you don't have someone that's going to do the thing, the nurture and the follow-up that we paid for in the first place, yeah, that would certainly fall in the category of reckless. And so I don't think you're going to go on a bender and not check on the ads and do that. That's less likely, but something very likely, which would be innocent, would be the scenario of, I just didn't have time doing this event. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going out. I'm going here. I have page eight, seven. I'm accommodating. I got to go home. I got to do this. I got to take the dog out. And I didn't have time to follow up with anyone. Yeah, that would be a very valid reason, but it would fall in the reckless category. And so I would say the answer that, and we don't even have to decide, you decide, am I going to be able to do what's required if I'm going to spend more to do what's required to now nurture and with these people that I have to. And if the answer is no, then the answer should be no, we're not going to increase that. We're not going to spend more. And so I don't think we should decide. I think that's for you to decide. If you want to increase the budget, I validate and you're good to do it, but you have to know if you can. If it was your money, would you do the same thing? Like, I know you treat it that way, but if it was yours, would you do it? Or is it going to be the equivalent of us driving down Washington Valley and throwing dollars out the window? Because that's a bad strategy. And that would make me pissed. So let's not do that. Okay. I think the main thing overall, and then if you have like specific questions, but when we're looking at this, I also think as a higher level principle to consider what you spoke through, but just to kind of put a bow on it is that idea of when we grow the business and do what we're supposed to, the downside becomes, which we keep trying to avoid, is when you get busy, you stop doing the things to get you there. And as we've talked about thousands and thousands of times and have people hear me on the podcast and then they say, that's exactly what my practice looks like. The only thing that I'm doing is trying to say like, hey, we know this is a thing and we're not immune to it. So we can't try to convince ourselves that we're smarter than we are by thinking it won't happen to us. That's the biggest issue that we have. And so some of this goes beyond the scope of marketing from a business. We will sit down and say like, what do we need to see? Do we want to hire another Cairo? Do we want to build a wait list? Do we want to raise price? Do we want to rearrange a schedule? Like there's a lot of things and second, third order consequences that we will have to make in this process. But again, going back, I just don't want to become the thing that we preach that we shouldn't. And again, the value usually to our audience, so to speak, is that we're currently doing it and we run into the exact same problems that everyone else does. Again, we're not immune to those problems. And then you're sort of seeing that. So for you, anything you specifically want to go over here? I guess like the one question just as we go into September is just what are some 
and I don't even know if I know what question I'm asking, but like, what are some ways that I can know, like, okay, we're on the right track. We're doing the right things. I guess it comes back to like the numbers and like a total lead count, just like week on week. What number should I expect? week on I think it is objective. The objective part is easy because you know the answer. You just have to look, which we'll talk about in a second. Similar to what I tell you about people tell me about having staff is if you go to bed thinking about anyone else but your spouse, they're probably an issue. Your staff member is an issue. If you go to bed thinking about them, not good. I would say the same things that are keeping you up at night with this. That's probably the answer to your question. So again, on September 10th, go back to where we started. If you have two people signed up and the goal was six, you're probably going to be like, what do I do? Justin's not going to be happy. So that's how I know if I'm on track. If I spend the budget and I can't get to any of these leads, like you know that you and I will not have a pleasant conversation. That'll probably freak you out and it should. So if that's one of the things, we'll just not let that happen. Your intuition is correct. The things that you're saying, like we made a mistake, we booked ourselves. What's the downside? We can't go do the things that we were supposed to do. Well, Justin's not going to be happy with that. So you know it. Your intuition is correct. One of the things I believe that happens in business and probably in our personal lives too is that it's a protective mechanism to just not address the thing that we know we need to. So we just push it off. And that's, I think, what inherently causes a lot of our anxiety is that we deep down know like this is not good, but like we just kind of slough it off to the side, right? Mm-hmm. We just know we're probably not doing the right thing now. My thing is how do we bring those to the forefront? And I think that goes back to like that consciousness discussion. Objectively, I think it's pretty easy. How do we start, right? Let's make it so simple. Going back to the right now, you said we're accountable for eight units to get this thing. We'll go to the 24 units and see what happens. But even in the marketing, if we said, I don't remember, we'd have to look. You can start on a macro and say, we know that this business runs well when we get 60 leads per month. I think that was the number. Maybe it was 70, 68, 70, whatever it was. And then just divide. So like after the first week of the month, are we a quarter of the way there? Are we not? So the conversation, if we redid this conversation for August, here's what would have happened. Kaylee would have looked at the digital leads for the first week and we would have said, we are very, very, very much off track. And you would have said, Hannah, it sounds like compared to what we are looking for, we're very much off track. Anything that we can do, anything we can know about. Her answer at that time would have been, don't know, it just looks slow right now, but we will monitor it. Conversation that she mentioned last week was the beginning of the month was slow, but it picked up towards the end. We didn't know that at the time, but in the first week, as it looked on paper, we were off track. Because if we just took our number of leads we wanted and we looked at it, as that week looks, it's this goal gap conversation. That's exactly what we're talking through. We do it with plans of care, but you do it with leads as well. And then you could go as granular as you wanted. You break it down per lead source, mm-hmm. per event, per marketing units. And you're just looking at like what should we expect? What would be ideal, right? So if we want, I'll do it because the numbers are easier, four weeks in a month. And let's just say we want to get 40 leads. And so when you do your reporting and after the first week, we have 10. If we have 10, we're on track. If we have six, we're off track. If we have 20, we've doubled. We're way on track. And we just start there. So you can start with your number. So I think it's subjective and objective, right? The objective part is what does the data tell us? If we just looked at the total we wanted, are we on track or off track to what we said? And then subjectively, it's like, what are the things I'm not talking about that I need to? Where am I a little bit nervous? that I need to address. Where are we going to get caught? Where are we not going to sort of hit our goals? Yeah, I guess I have some things to add, which brings up some other concerns that I had. So like referrals have been down so far relative to quarter two. Okay. That was a little bit of a concern. And I guess 
even though for the most part we're on track, is it something that we need to fix? Like in the back of my mind, like I'm nervous that gym trainer numbers are low from a lead standpoint, referrals are low. But even though we're still hitting our numbers, like am I just creating more problems or like is it actually something that we do need to fix for like a long term strategy? I would go back to the units at one point or at some point there was a objective of we're asking for this many referrals per week or we have a referral program based on what you're saying now that it's down is that still happening or that's not part of the marketing plan it's still happening i think potentially where our focus in july was about the anniversary sale i mean we were heckling sure patients in here about the anniversary sale sure and potentially i think it was just a focus issue in july of I guess a consequence, not necessarily an issue per se, but it was all about the sale and like reminding them about the sale. And we're still asking for referrals. So are you saying the referrals were down in August? Yeah, they're down in August. Compared to July where you had the sale for a referral program? Were they down in July if you were on it with that? Yes, in August, referrals are down. I believe one of the reasons is because in July, our focus was about the anniversary special and any patient that was currently on a plan of care, we were trying to get them on a second one. I wouldn't do anything today. I think the win here for me is that you're aware of it and you're asking the question. And the reason why I say that is because if you look at the nature and as you do this more, you'll start to see sort of not seasonality, but sort of the cadence of how it works is like whether it's quarterly or every four months, there will be cycles of things and you can't continue to ask and do the same thing over and over. There has to be a little bit of like a push for it. Like if you run a, in our business, relatively speaking, compared to like a large business, we are so small. And so if every month you have another thing that you're promoting or selling or anniversary, and then it's the new anniversary, and then it's the Christmas, and then it's the this, every month is another thing. And you're asking your patient the same thing all the time. The ask becomes a lot. And so that's why typically we won't run any sort of sale or special more than at the most once a quarter, because we know of the cyclicality of it. And so I don't have the answer for you. The question that I would ask and I would look at for you as you zoom out is, does this business need to run in a way that we have a KPI of a very soft ask all the time? And if you know anyone, please refer them to us type of conversation. And then once a quarter or once every four months, we do have a bigger ask, whether it's the anniversary special, and then it's going to be a Black Friday sale, and then it's going to be a this and a that, where we focus on an internal promotion. And that's really can only happen once a quarter. And so that's what I would really start to consider. And it's stuff we've talked about in the past. I think that that from what I've seen, I think is already better. So what I mean by that is right away, we know in the beginning when someone's super excited, they're going to refer. So we hit them in the beginning. Yeah. Especially if they see like quick results, like we're really hitting them. But like right now, the metric is like Ash and I have to ask three people a week for referrals or at least a check-in. And it did kind of get to the point of like, it totally depends. It totally depends on where the patient is in their journey during a plan of care. Because by the end, it's like we've asked them five or six times. And I like definitely the internal promotion in addition to the soft ask in the beginning. And then just keeping up with it throughout their plan. What I would actually love to do, it could be just for next year, we start to look at it. I actually think the best KPI we could track here is what percentage of new patients refer. Don't even have to book, but who gives us a name? Or you can track whatever you want. But like, is it 50%? Is it 20%? Is it 70%? That would be an interesting thing that we could sort of track. And looking at that, 
someone said, I think I've told you guys this, a successful new patient journey ends with a referral. And so if that's happening 20% of the time, where are we missing? It would be interesting to look at. Again, we haven't tracked that, but I'd be interested to look at the result in that capacity. And that might mean one or two promotions that includes it, but like how many new people come into our world do refer. Something that we would be able to track and see how often that happens. Yeah, I'm a fan. I like that. I definitely think like by them naming the person. For sure. Because them getting in touch with them, them calling us, like that's almost seems like a whole other issue, but like them just being like, oh, I have this person in mind. Yes, they could use their help. And even the delivery, who's the first person you think of, who else is having this problem? You can be more crafty with the ask rather than, hey, and if you know anyone type of thing, let me know. I don't know if it's a today conversation, but that's certainly more of a thing to consider. Yeah, and Ash and I have certainly played around with the delivery quite a bit, but I wouldn't say there's like a standard operating procedure of like, this is the line that we use. I would say that it varies between like, hey, you're seeing really good results. Do you know anyone else that could also benefit from our services? Yeah. Otherwise, another line that we'll use, I would say it's kind of dynamic right now what we use. But another thing that we use is, hey, you're super cool. I really enjoy working with you. Who do you know just like you that needs our help? Yeah, I mean, now we're getting into the weeds, but it's like anything. It's like a headline testing. Which one does actually drive referrals? You know what I mean? Which you do one thing for a quarter and see what happens. And then you try another, test another headline type of thing. I mean, you can make it all this stuff as objective as you want using the same principles we do with any marketing. Can I go further into the weeds? Do I have permission? Yeah, sure. Because something that I've seen too is like, we've actually kind of noticed some obstacles with people referring as, I already know what you're going to say to it, but they've said, I'll keep asking. There's like one person specifically that I keep asking because she's had such good results and she sings our praises. And I'm like, who do you know? Basically like, why haven't you referred here, girl? And she's like, oh, I have people in mind, but I just don't think they can afford it. And then I've said, hey, even if you think they can't afford it, like we'll work with them. Yeah. Send them our way type of thing. I get it. What did you think I was going to say? State the objection before they state it. And yeah. That's one of those things where if she's saying it, other people are thinking it. And so she actually tells you what other people are thinking. She's just doing what we do. She's counting other people's money. But that's a real thing, right? Our referral, people think, oh, would just refer to me. But there's a lot of status tied up in that. Meaning like, if you send me there and they try to swindle me and take my credit card, who do you think I am? Like, there's a lot to that. So I get it. I understand. I mean, it's a real thing. Again, she just happened to be someone who said the obvious. So it's an interesting point. Okay, anything else? No, I'm good. All right. The final point that I just want to make sure that we're clear of is for you over the next month, I think you just have to be on top of like, what are the outcomes looking for? Are we going to get there or are we not? The same question I ask you, are we on track or off track? And if we are off track, is there some action that we need to take that we need to be aware of? If we're on track, keep going. Let's not talk about it. If we're off track, then what? And the only thing that I want to see, going back to the anniversary sale, we were one or two off our goal better than I expected. The only thing that I told you guys this before it happened, the only thing I wanted to see was the action taken to get there. And that was where I was pissed that that didn't happen. And so the goal, yes, the goal is a proxy to figure out, are we doing what we're supposed to or not? It's just, are we taking the action to get there? And the thing that will just drive me insane is if we have a goal and we're not hitting it and we don't do anything proactively to try and get there. And so that's the biggest thing in your Look over the next month is just like, are we there? And if we're not, what needs to change? What has to happen? 
what do we need to do? And just getting your brain to start there and translating that to everybody else will just open up that loop to start making sure the things that have to happen, at least we're taking action to get there. It's like anything in life. The people that frustrate us the most are the ones that they want to lose weight and they don't do anything about it. They don't change their diet or they want to get healthy. You know what I mean? Like they're not proactive. And it's just the same thing in business. We're not always going to be on track with our goals. That's not how this works. We have a plan. If it's working, stick to it. Don't change anything. But when it isn't, and oftentimes it won't be, what are the actions we're going to take to try and get there? Cool? Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you.